North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. You've tuned into the Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dr. Lowe Show. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, naturopathic doctor. Thank you so much for joining me. I am looking forward to our episode tonight. We are talking all about mental health from a naturopathic perspective. And this topic is very near and dear to my heart because I really got interested in natural medicine largely because I wanted to learn about how nutrition can affect our mental emotional health. And we've done a few episodes on mental health before. We had Julia Ross on the show a few years back about the mood cure. We had uh, Trudy Scott talking about the anti-anxiety diets. We'll make sure to include those in the show notes. And wanted to talk about this with a friend of mine, a new friend of mine who is an naturopathic doctor and his, a big part of his focus is in mental health. And um, so I wanted to share him with you guys. Before we jump into it, I want to give some love to our show sponsor, Organifi. They are sponsoring this episode, and Organifi is something I carry in my office. It's something I recommend for patients often. It is my favorite greens drink, and I prescribe it to my patients because of a few reasons. Number one, it's not processed like so many greens drink or green green powders are. It's not heated. It doesn't destroy the enzymes in the product, so it's extremely bioavailable. And what I mean, what I mean by that is that it's active. It has enzymes in it that allow your body to break it down and digest it so much better. And if you guys listen to the show, you know how common leaky gut is digestive disorders. So having something that is absorbed easily is really important. And the other reason is because of the ingredients in it. So ashwagandha I've talked about on the show, it majorly helps your body deal with stress. It gives you resilience to stress. So stress is going to keep happening, but it's about how can we be ready and just we want to be ready for whatever life is going to throw at us, you know? So continually caring for your stress system, your adrenal reserves is what it's all about. And so that's why I really love this product. So you just add in a scoop to your smoothie, add in a scoop to just some water and one scoop a day. You can even do two scoops a day. And they actually did some research recently, um, finding that two scoops actually was even more beneficial for weight loss, for energy. And so I just love this product. So to get yours, go over to Organifi.com and enter Dr. Lowe at checkout. So that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com and it's D-R-L-O at checkout and you get 20% off. And also on that website, you'll see all different other products. Like they have a really yummy protein powder, whether it's vanilla or chocolate, if you've been looking for a good protein. Um, I love doing a scoop of the protein and a scoop of the Organifi green drink. You mix that up and that's so good. Um, or the little travel to go packets are awesome. I'm flying tomorrow to Columbus, Ohio um, for a mastermind event. And I'm going to be bringing my little packets with me on the plane. It just exposes so much crap on planes. So to have that extra antioxidant support is really, really good. Get some over Organifi.com and enter Dr. Lowe. 
All right, y'all, without further ado, let's jump into tonight's show. I am looking forward to um, having a great conversation with my guest tonight. Uh, it's someone who I got to meet a few weeks back as we were doing some lobbying work up in Northern California for naturopathic rights. We had a good conversation about mental health, mental emotional stuff, and I just really felt like it would be a great conversation to have on the air so we can all hang out on the air together. So on the show tonight, we have Dr. Ryan McNally, and he is also a licensed naturopathic doctor. He's also a PA in the state of California, so that's a physician's assistant, and he is the chief medical officer at Bastyr University Clinic and assistant professor of medicine at Bastyr University, California, which is the naturopathic school down here in San Diego. And he's worked in both conventional and integrative primary care and internal medicine practices. His approach is a blend of kind of the best of conventional medicine, also evidence-based alternative medicine, so putting the two worlds together. And he has a huge emphasis on personalized medicine because let's be honest, this is not cookie cutter medicine. Everybody's different and it's about tailoring it to the individual. And I really jived with his philosophy on that. He's worked with a lot of different technologies and therapies such as genetic testing, medical apps, medical devices. So he kind of, he gets all his biohacking on and we can really nerd out together. I know it. And then also bioidentical hormone replacement. So lots of different focuses, as well as neurodegenerative disorders such as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So lots of interest. Dr. McNally, thanks for coming on the show. Welcome to Dr. Lowe's show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. So I read all your, you know, some of your fancy, you know, highlights from your your story, but let's get a little more personal. Why did you even come into this form of medicine in the first place? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've actually, I've, I've always wanted to go into medicine. I, I've just, ever since I was a little kid, I mean, it was always been kind of my lifelong dream. It's just to go to work every day and to help people. I just didn't think there was anything better than that. So, um, but what kind of, you know, what kind of drove me, you know, there's lots of different directions, lots of different professions, um, uh, different degrees that you can uh, basically achieve and, and, and practice medicine in, in some way or form. Um, so what drove me into naturopathic medicine is, uh, early on, when I was kind of working in some uh, you know jobs within hospitals and so forth, I, I kind of started seeing this this um, trend where patients would come in, they'd, they'd get treatment at the hospital, and then they would leave. And then within a week or two weeks later, they'd be back in the hospital. And I started thinking, what's what's going on here? You know, why we're not really making people better if they're back in the hospital within you know a week to two weeks? So clearly, something was missing, and I saw that uh, in my experiences. Um, also, uh, I grew up with a you know healthy lifestyle. I was um, deeply involved in athletics, so um, a healthy lifestyle was kind of something that was just part of my life. And so it was kind of a natural fit. And when I found out about the profession, uh, which I didn't know existed for many many years, uh, and to what I'm doing now, um, pick up a newspaper. You know, it's it's very hard not to uh, see an article that doesn't have some underlying mental health problem, whether it be. Right gun violence, um, whether it be suicide, whether it be uh, some sort of abuse, you know, physical abuse, mental abuse, sexual abuse. Oh, it's very hard to go through an article and not identify some underlying mental health issue uh, involved in any sort of article that we see. So, I mean, great. There's just a great need more than anything. Right. Yeah, for sure. I, I share that passion with you as well. I think I got interested in psychology. I want to say maybe back in eighth grade, I took a class called 
intra and no, what was it? Person, no, it was called personal group, dy- personal and group dynamics. And it's so random, the, the name title. And it was really just about kind of in, inner workings of a person and also between people. And as an eighth grader, I was like, what is this? This is fascinating. But just <laughs> understanding what makes people tick and why they do what they do, I think is so, so cool. And, and you never stop learning about it because I mean, we're so vast and complicated as human beings. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and that's that's yeah. probably the other part there that draws me in is, is you can never really quite figure it out, right? Everybody is so, yeah. and um, you can never quite understand what makes one person, you know, operate one way, another person operate another way. So there's this kind of intrinsic uh, mystery to each person that's it's kind of fun to work with. Yeah, totally. So this is a big focus of your practice at this point is mental health. So yeah. Yeah. is are, are really our mental health disorders are they a significant problem in our country? I mean, what are you seeing with this? Yeah, let me let me give you a couple of statistics just to kind of highlight that. So, yeah. you know, about uh, one in five adults in the United States, which is about forty three point eight million people, experience a mental health illness every year. So, one in five in any sort of room with a, with a group of people, and and somebody in that room is going to experience a mental health problem. Suicide is the tenth leading cause of death in the United States. Um, that's about you know, over 44,000 people in the United States. And for every suicide that actually occurs, there's about 25 suicide attempts. So when you start to look at the numbers, you, you realize that this is a, a major public health problem. And, um, you know, anything that I can do in my practice to play a role in uh, bettering society, not only does it help the individual, it, it also extends to friends and family and then generations. You know, the, yeah. the wellness that exists in one person has transferred to children um, grandchildren and so forth. So if you can make an impact there, um, you really can, you can drive that forward into future generations. Wow. And so when we say that someone that you say, you know, a certain number of statistics have mental health disorders, what does that mean? Is that like some, like depression, anxiety, or is that like schizophrenia or something? Right. So, and it's a broad term. And, uh, um, and so mental health disorder could be something as simple as, as um, simple, right? Uh, depression, anxiety, which are anyone who works with those problems know that they are not simple. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, PTSD, um, the amount of PTSD that exists nowadays due to, due to some sort of traumatic event is, is enormous. I mean, uh, the military, um, you know, uh, people, again, in abusive situations, um, you know, service members coming back from wars. Um, and I think about what's going on in other countries with, um, uh, you know, um, Syria and so forth, and the impact that you know, the mental health problems that they're going to have with PTSD and so forth, and, and these uh, these warring regions. So. Yeah, tremendous. So, so, are these easy to treat? Are they hard to treat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, not not easy to treat at all. <laughs> uh, you know, th- there are situations that are are more straightforward, like with any medical um, condition. You know, there are situations where somebody comes in with depression. And they're put on, on a kind of standard medication, an SSRI, a Prozac, a Lexapro, something like that. And they get better. And for the most part, they don't have any side effects. They get better. Um, but that doesn't happen as often as we'd like. Right. You know, patients will have side effects or they don't tolerate the meds or they only get, you know, 15% better. So they're still really not where they need to be or, uh, you know, so it, it, they know they're not easy, you know, um, and many times they require multiple medications or if you're working a holistic approach like I do, um, it's a combination of medications and, and, um, uh, and therapies and, and, and so forth. So they, they can be quite complex. Mm-hmm. So what I love about our form of medicine is that it's holistic. It's very comprehensive. Like you said, it's not, it's not easy to treat because it's not like if someone comes in and just has depression and that's it, it's 
for a reason. It's there for a reason. It's a message from the body that there's something going on deeper. So as naturopathic doctors, we, we get to the root of the issue. We're doing all the testing. We're figuring out what's, what's contributing to it diet-wise, lifestyle-wise, maybe genetically, right? So we're doing all of that work. So tell us a little bit of the holistic approach with, with addressing these issues. Right. So, I mean, the holistic approach basically is, is just looking at it from, you know, what I would call like a 10,000 foot view, you know, yeah. Not just walking in and saying, okay, you fit the criteria for this disease. And so then we have a, a standard medication um, that we're going to use. It, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. We don't operate that way. And, and yeah. the reality is you can have depression, but you can have depression for very different reasons. You know, some people, um, they have a long family history of depression. And so mom and dad had it. Um, their siblings have it, they have it, you know, so clearly in a case like that, um, there's a likely some sort of genetic factor that's at play. Um, whereas somebody else may experience depression, never have never had depression. There's no depression in the family, but they have depression after they have a child, you know, postpartum depression. And those are vastly different, um, reasons why somebody is in a depressive state. And so, um, my, my thought or, or my, my approach is to say, um, let's, let's treat them individually. Let's, let's say, okay, let's really examine from top to bottom what's going on with somebody, you know, what is, what does this sleep look like? And what, what are the, what's the occupation? Uh, is the patient happy with what they do? Um, what are the relationships that the patient has? You know, what is the nutritional status? Um, you know, what are they doing for exercise? And, you know, that's just a handful of things, uh, but there's many, many more areas to explore. And then as you, as you build that, you can see how many little pieces you have to tailor your therapies uh, towards the individual. Mm-hmm. I love it. And, and like you said, they're offered various reasons. So it's not like they get the same treatment. And I, you know, I explained to my patients so many times that you can have two patients with the exact same set of symptoms, but it's for a very different reason. And so it's going to get a different treatment. Exactly. Yeah. So what would be some of the tests that you might do to look into, let's say someone who has depression, for example, or anxiety, what are some tests that you might run for that person? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, one of the, uh, one of the positions that I hold at the university here is I'm I'm an assistant professor and I I teach endocrinology. And so what I, what, one thing I commonly see that's overlooked in mental health care is really doing a thorough look at what, what role are hormones playing in, in uh, a possible depression. You know, I've had situations where um, I run a hormone panel on a patient and who, who's depressed and there's, there, you know, and, I, and maybe we find something, maybe we don't, maybe we treat with it. And um, sometimes it, it, it tremendously changes the, the clinical outcomes in the case and other times it doesn't. And so, uh, but considering how much I, uh, how often I see it overlooked, um, it's, it's, it's shocking because you can actually make a, a pretty big impact on somebody if part of the, um, the mental health disorder has a hormonal component. And so I'm always looking or evaluating hormones to make sure there isn't a piece there. Um, but that's just one thing. I'm also looking at nutritional status. So I might run, you know, some of the B vitamins that we know have, a, a, a large role in the, um, in the brain, such as thiamine, B12, folate, just as a few, uh, examples. Um, I might run a comprehensive nutritional panel where I'm looking at everything, um, or I might be quite targeted, like the, the few I just mentioned. Um, and then we're also looking at not just the brain, um, but you know, we know that um, first of all, the the organs all function together. Hormones all function as kind of a symphony. And so I'm looking at uh, neurological function, nutritional function. I'm looking at whether the adrenal gland's doing, what's the thyroid gland doing. 
um, what are the sex hormones doing and are they, you know, what kind of uh, relationship do, I, do they have? And so I will val- evaluate the, kind of the whole gamut. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh, it's so great. It's like the kind of doctor I wish I had when I was as you know, 14 year old going to just Kaiser doctor after Kaiser. Doctor. <laughs> Nothing wrong about Kaiser, but I mean, my visits were seven minutes, 10 minutes long. Right. You just can't right. get that level of detail. So it's so true. Great. It's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they do good with volume and, and, and they're right. We work with Kaiser. There's a lot of patients that we share with, with Kaiser and the, and the folks there that I've met have been fantastic. Over yeah, the for sure. Um, There's some great ones, but but the the model time, absolutely. The model has limitations. Yes. They can, they can see a volume of patients. Um, but they, what they, you know, what they can't do in time, you know, what, excuse me, what they do in volume, they can't do with individual time for each patient. So it has limitations. Yeah. I would love to talk about TMS a little bit. So TMS, from what I understand, it's a, a treatment that can be done. And a few, a few of my patients have told me about it and have had some, some pretty cool success with it. So it's a brain-based treatment that can treat depression, anxiety, and some other conditions as well, right? But it's actually FDA-approved, and it uses, what is it, MRI waves, right? Tell me a little yeah. bit more about it. Yeah, so, so TMS is transcranial mag- magnetic stimulation. Um, and, and basically what this is, is they're using a very high powered magnet and they're using it, using it to, um, basically activate or stimulate an area of the brain that is usually, um, underactive in depression. And, you know, magnets in medicine have been around for a long time and usually the, the applications have been fairly hokey. Um, uh, but this is a very different technology. This has a lot of research behind it. As you mentioned, it is FDA approved. Um, and, uh, insurance is covering it. Um, I believe Medicare is covering it, uh, nowadays, um, and as well as a lot of private insurers. Um, and it is really changing the lives of people who have depression. It's not curative. So it doesn't, it doesn't turn off depression completely, or, or it's not as if you do it and, and you're, you're fine for the rest of your life. But I mean, there have been stories of patients who go from, you know, 10 medications to one medication. You know, and I think anybody would, would sign up for that. <laughs> yeah, right. And what's cool about it is it doesn't have any radiation because it's using MRI waves. That is correct. It's very safe. So it can be used for pregnant women, for children even, right? Absolutely. Women. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no risk for radiation. I mean, you know, there's always, there are always a, the potential for some side effects, but not due to radiation. So you don't have, it's not like a CT scan or an X-ray or anything like that. Yeah. What are the side effects that have been associated with it? Yeah, the biggest one is for people that may be uh, prone to seizures. Um, so if anyone has a history of seizures and so forth, there's, there's a possibility where you, you stimulate the brain and, and you can cause a, a seizure. And mm-hmm. so that's the primary contraindication. Um, but for the most part, I mean, that's, that's the big one. There's, there's minor things, you know, it can cause sleep disturbances and so forth that usually will temporarily work themselves out. Right. Um, but the big one is really seizures. But the seizures haven't happened for people who didn't already have seizures. Usually not. No, yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, you can't say never. There's always a possibility where it could happen, but you know, they, this therapy is done at the, uh, at the, my, my, the outpatient center. I work at a chief medical, uh, all, you know, we see 15, 16 patients a day, um, yeah. not more. And, uh, you know, hardly any of them have seizures. So right. Frequent. I see it kind of like a battery, like a little jump start to, to the parts of the brain that might be more quiet or, um, you know, a little more silenced that, 
really affect mood. So it's a way to kind of jumpstart the brain. So, so it looks like a little cap you put on your head. It's attached to, it reminds me of like the old school, um, hair dryers, you know, it's salons <laughs> and stuff. You, you put that on, but, um, and it's, it feels like a little tapping to the, to the head. Right. And then, and then for people to do it, they do it for, you know, a series of what, 30, 40 treatments or so. And then they can do however many to just do a maintenance. Is that how that works? Exactly. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it is something that it's, it's pretty intensive in terms of the number of treatments. It's not like you just do one or two and things you see a change. Yeah. Generally it's, it's, you do it five days a week and depending on the condition of treating (laughs) my doggy, (laughs) uh, depending on the condition they're treating, um, you know, it can, it can go for 30 days, 40 days or whatever. And, and I like the analogy you, you, uh, use there. It, it really truly is working on the, the electricity of the brain. Um, it, most of our therapies, you know, if you think of like a standard therapy, like an SSRI, it's working on the chemical nature of the brain, the communication of the chemicals in the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually working on a slightly different element, but, uh, but another communication pattern, that's the electricity. Uh, you know, our brain is made up of basically a bunch of wires for the most part, right? And so we are lurking, working on stimulating um, the right pathway of, of wires, essentially, to uh, try to activate that depressed area in the brain. And, and we've had great success with it. That's really cool. Do you have any particular patients that you can think of, any success stories? Yeah. And as a matter of fact, there's, um, there's one, uh, one gentleman um, that we've had, and he's, he's you know, gave, given his talk a number of times um, uh, for us because he's had just such a dramatic impact. Uh, the therapy has just a dramatic impact on his life. Um, mm. This was a person who um, was suicidal. Uh, extremely depressed um, and a, a big family history of depression and, and the, you know, long family history of depression. Um, uh, this person was essentially, they had a plan to commit suicide. They were on a bridge, um, were ready, you know, had everything planned out. And they knew exactly what bridge, what time, um, got on the bridge and decided, I, you know, I want to give it one more shot. I, I want to try one more time, see if I can, see if I can find a way to get through this. Uh, without committing suicide and wow. uh, got hooked up with um, my colleagues here at Achieve uh, Concierge um, and uh, started TMS therapy, which he had never done before. Um, he was he was on something around you know 10 meds or so. And this is the one I mentioned before, where it went from like 10 to one, um, did his round of TMS. And, and the, 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 uh, the words he used um, always stick with me, but he says, um, you know, he went in one day and he, he felt the, the, the dark clouds of, of depression, which he felt every day. Right. Mm-hmm. And he felt like he was in a hole and he kept getting deeper and deeper in the hole. And then one day when he noticed the therapy started working is he came out and he noticed the sunshine mm. and he hadn't noticed the sunshine in many, many years. And, uh, you know, we live in San Diego here. So, I mean, uh, right. uh, that's, that's a pretty dramatic thing. And from, from then on the, the therapy continued to have effects. Um, he started to feel better. And he's able to manage now on having occasional booster sessions of TMS on very minimal medication. He's not suicidal and he's, he's productive. He's at work. He has a good relationship with his spouse and, um, and it's, it's a great success story. Wow. That's amazing. So what do you think was going on at the root of it for him? What was the real issue? Well, you know, with this individual, again, there's a long history in the family of depression. And yeah. so there's probably a, a kind of a, a genetic aspect that something um, either chemically uh, uh, makes, makes 
his genes a little more prone to depression. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not familiar enough with the background in terms of, you know, were there traumatic experiences and so forth, perhaps because many times um, when there's a family history of, um, uh, of depression, uh, trauma tends to follow depression, you know, one, one way or another. Yeah. Uh, and so there may have been in this case. It's so interesting to me how we do this in my practice too, but at your office, you guys do genetic testing to assess, like, let's say someone truly does need a medication. You can assess which medication might be a better option for that person based on their genetics, right? Exactly. Yeah. This is, this is a, um, you know, in this day and age, and that's, that's really where the, the research with genetics has gone. I mean, really we're at the tip of the iceberg here with what we understand with the genetics, but basically the application, the most concrete application, I should say, is being able to tailor uh, meds. And so, you know, if you go back 10 years ago, what, what would have been done would you be trialed on a medication. And if you didn't do well, you'd be trialed on another medication. And right. another medication. And so there's this big trial and error uh, period. And so what genetic testing does is it helps to cut down on that trial and error period. You can just bypass some meds and go directly to one that's much more likely to work and and, um, you know, after one or two meds not working, some patients get frustrated and give up, you know, and, yeah. uh, and so this cuts down on a lot of that, those problems. Yeah. That's really cool because just because your doctor says, okay, for you, Prozac's going to be what I think you should do. Your genes may say otherwise you may process exactly. Prozac completely differently than someone else. And, and that can apply to even certain herbs or, or nutrients, um, you know, amino acid therapy, for example. We did a show with Julia Ross on the mood cure and also with Trudy Scott on anti-anxiety food solution. We talked about different, um, you know, amino acids and treatments that can be done. And sometimes your genetics can affect how those things are processed. So No question. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very, um, very cool. So let's see, what are, what are some other issues mental health wise that you have found really good success in treating? Um, I can share a story with you here. Yeah. Uh, we, I get a lot of patients who, uh, you know, uh, because I'm not a psychiatrist, um, you know, I, I don't see a lot of patients that have the really severe disorders like schizophrenia and so forth. Yeah. I'm much happier letting a psychiatrist kind of work with somebody uh, with that level of disease. Um, uh, so I see a lot of people who have what I would what I would term functional anxiety, functional depression, where where they're able to go about their daily lives, but they don't feel as good as they want to, you know. And so, and many times, uh, postpartum depression or just um, you know uh, those kind of those kind of scenarios is, is what I see. So here's a story here with a um, a, a woman that I saw at the, uni at the university um, coming in with with uh, a pretty severe anxiety. Um, uh, she also had agoraphobia, which is a fear of leaving the house. And um, let's see, she, I believe she was scoring. Um, we, we use a, uh, a, a basically a screening test that gives us a number to allows us to be objective when we're evaluating somebody's uh, levels of anxiety and so forth. And she was coming up with like a 19 on, on, um, on the scoring. Uh, which is pretty severe. Mm -hmm. uh, and we instituted some nutritional therapies. Uh, we did some lifestyle counseling. Um, we did some, some work with the hormones. We did some herbs. Um, and she was able to drop that from a 19 to a 9 uh, on the subjective scale, the GAD7. Um, and uh, the other interesting thing we saw with her is that she started leaving the house. She didn't require, like, before she was only leaving the house with her husband. Now she could leave the house with the kids. And uh, she didn't have to, you know, she wasn't kind of confined to her house. And so you went from somebody that had severe anxiety and was basically confined to the house 
to somebody that still has anxiety, not as severe, uh, and now she can leave the house uh, with some comfort. Um, and so that was a that was a pretty dramatic change uh, in, in her care. Wow, that's amazing! Wow, it's really really cool. Well, what is what what's something you're you're geeking out on right now? What are you excited <laughs> about? What's like maybe uh, just some newer research that's coming up that you're into or a sub, some sort of subset of our medicine that you're geeking out on. What's exciting you at the moment? Yeah. What's exciting? Huh? Geez, that's a great question. There's so many <laughs> different things, right? I know. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm still, I'm still really excited about TMS. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we haven't quite, um, gotten there yet with them. I the, the main indication is, is depression, but I think there's a lot more research that's going to come through for other conditions. So I'm still really excited about what TMS holds for other types of conditions beyond, uh, just depression. Um, matter of fact, Europe uses it for uh, many different indications um, right. on just depression. So I still think there's a lot coming there. What uh, are other conditions it's been used for in Europe? Do you know? Uh, off the top of my head, things like uh, anxiety, PTSD. Um, they're, they're using it on some uh, non-mental health disorders, some more neurological disorders like Parkinson's and right. so forth. And, I remember reading uh, that. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of different applications. Um uh, you know, and then I'm still excited about the genetics as well. Um, there's a lot, I st- there's still a lot to come, um, mm-hmm. with, with what we understand or how we take the genetic information and can apply it to the clinical care. So I'm still excited about that area. Um, uh, I've started to, uh, get a little more into, um, uh, hyperbaric, um, oxygen therapy and the potential applications there. Um, mm-hmm. we, we haven't talked a lot about that on the show. So what, what is that? Yeah. Just like a yeah. yeah. So, uh, so hyperbaric oxygen therapy is basically they are, are using pressure and high oxygen levels to um, oxygenate the body to a higher level than you would get for, through just you know, breathing with uh, through room air, basically. And um, basically, you know, where that's most commonly used is for divers who experience the bends. That's, you know, most hospitals have a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. We'll use it for that. And the other major application is for... Um, for wound care. So for people who have diabetes and have wounds that won't heal, they can use the therapy to help with wound care. But so that's been there for a long time, right? That's, that's nothing new. Um, where they're starting to, to look at it now is what other areas could these high oxygen levels play a role in, uh, in, in creating a positive clinical outcome. And so uh, things like neurological symptoms, um, you know, they're looking at it for um, uh, PTSD, uh, where there's some trauma to the brain, excuse me, um, TBI, so traumatic, traumatic brain injury, where there's some sort of trauma to the brain, and we're trying to reactivate nerves that are that are not dead, but are that are not quite functioning to the same capacity. Uh, I think there's potential with neuro, neurodegenerative disorders like um, uh, maybe Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and, and so forth. Um, and then um, there's there's more and more research coming out about people who have just undergone. Um, um, uh, a stroke or, or a heart attack and have had ischemia to the brain, which is a lack of blood supply and, 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 and you know, flooding the body with high uh, intensity oxygen, yeah. uh, getting that up to the brain can reactivate areas of the brain. And so there's, there's a lot, lot there. And I think, you know, with more research, we're going to find more and more applications of the hyperbaric therapy. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Giving your body more oxygen is going to give it more fuel to do more of what it's going to do, what it needs to do anyway. It's giving it those building blocks. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really cool. Wow. Well, do you have any, um, any parting words, anything else that you wanted to mention we haven't talked about? I think it was a good, good conversation. Let's see. Uh, let's see if I have another patient story here. Um, I think I went through 
most of them here. Uh, one thing I will say is, you know, a, a common um, a common question we get in holistic medicine or in integrative medicine is, you know, is, is it evidence based? Um, and and the the you know, because the conventional community, that's, that's the big question that other doctors will ask me and so forth. You know, are we using evidence and so forth? And my answer is, well, some are and some aren't. And, um, you know, you can apply evidence-based medicine or, or science to, to anything. And so uh, what I would say to people who have this question is um, it depends on the provider that you're seeing, um, but it, it can be done in an evidence-based way. Uh, as, as a naturopathic doctor, I am evaluating a mass of, of uh, research that's produced every day um, uh, on integrative therapies. And so my focus is in these areas. And I'm pulling out the things that, that are showing the most safety and, and the most likely to have a clinical impact on my patient. And, uh, and so it can be done. And there are providers out there uh, that are doing it. Amazing. Doc, you are a health warrior. You are so inspiring. You're also a dad and a hubby and a lobbyist. And, you know, you're crushing it both in your practice and as a, um, also as a professor and just amazing. You're doing so much. Thank you so much for being such a gift to this planet, for being such a contribution to change. You know, you, you really put into practice what it is you believe. And I think that's so powerful. So I just want to acknowledge you for that. And, you know, anything I can do to be a support in what you're doing, please keep me in the loop. Um, you know, it's, it's really, we, the world needs more people like you truly. Well, thank you. That's very kind words, but I'm just happy I can, I can, you know, go to work every day and, and help people. Yeah, totally. Well, all you guys listening, thank you for hanging out with us. Where can people follow what you're up to? What would be the best way to do that? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, my prior practice is at a chief concierge, which is in La Jolla. And I'm also at the Bassier University Clinic. Um, you know, I have a, I, I don't do a whole lot with social media. Um, yeah. I have a <laughs> page and, and, and so forth. Um, um, but really the website's probably are the, are the easiest way. Yeah. Okay. Right on. And we'll, we'll put that information <laughs> in the show notes for you guys listening. Wonderful. All right, doc. Well, you have a wonderful day and we'll talk real soon. Thanks again for coming on the show. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode and, um, definitely check out Dr. McNally over at achievemedicalcenter.com. There's, they're just wonderful. It's such a great example of conventional medicine and naturopathic medicine working together. So I highly recommend them and have an awesome week, you guys. And we'll talk soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. 
Can you enjoy Thanksgiving dinner without the holiday hassles? Better believe it. The Pilgrim Sub is back at Get-Go Cafe and Market. Come and taste why it's our best-selling sub of all time. This holiday feast starts with our fresh-baked secret recipe stuffing bread. Then we load it with juicy roasted turkey, melted Wisconsin white cheddar, savory gravy, and if you like, house-made cranberry sauce. Don't wait for Turkey Day to chow down on this tasty tradition. The Pilgrim Sub is only here for a limited time. Get-Go Cafe and Market. Better believe it.